0: Welcome in everybody. It is a welcome in Wednesday. Hope it's going well for you so far. Opening day, big 12 media days, ladies and gentlemen, and I am glad I'm not down there. But Parker Thune is there. Parker Thune is there. We'll check in with Parker here in just a second. We have Connor Pasby on the board with us today, running the show uh, here at Mission Control. And again, we have the one and only Parker Thune down in Arlington at Jerry World Big 12 Media Days. Brett, your mark. Now we'll be addressing the media for the next 45 minutes to an hour, and uh, then we'll get on with the coaches, Oklahoma State and Texas today. Mike Gundy at 3 o'clock, OSU players down in Arlington today as well. Colin Oliver, Corey Black, Brennan Presley, Preston Wilson. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian and the Longhorns, three twenty-five today down at Jerry World. Tomorrow the Sooners will be there. Brent Venables will be on the podium. The last coaches press conference tomorrow morning at eleven fifty, and then Sooner players, of course, will meet the media as well. Dylan Gabriel, Drake Stoops, Jonah LaLulu, and Danny Stutzman. Do we have Parker ready to go? Par- we got Parker. Yep. Parker Thune. How we doing? How was the trip? How's Jerry World?
1: Well, I made my Bucky stop this morning. Silly. I figured so, you would. Snack. Yes. Snagged my bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit for breakfast, grabbed a sweet tea, headed on down here to AT&T Stadium. It's a bit of a different vibe than it was the last couple of years. They have the whole setup oriented differently, uh, which is weird when you first walk in. It used to be angled north-south in the stadium, now it's east-west. Brett Yormark is speaking right now to try, uh, to kind of try and kick things off here. At Big 12 Media Day. So we're hearing from the Big 12 Commissioner as we speak. Obviously, seven teams set to meet with the media today. Seven teams will meet with the media tomorrow. Oklahoma and Brent Venables will be the last team to take the podium tomorrow. So no Sooners on tap today, but tomorrow promises to be a very busy day of content as far as OU is concerned.
0: No doubt. We do get Mike Gundy today. That can always be very interesting. You know that it's not going to be pure, or plain meat and potatoes served up with Mike Gundy. There'll be an interesting side dish or two, I'm sure, that Mike Gundy gets into. Maybe ask about the uh, final go around for Bedlam and all of that. And, uh, you know, Mike Gundy's not uh, afraid to offer a. Uh, A strong taker opinion, so that could be interesting. Steve Sarkeesian, the Longhorns in the favorites role. We'll hear what he has to say. He's coming up again around 3.30 today to get Mike Gundy at 3 o'clock down at Jerry World. And as Parker said, Brent, tomorrow, 11.50 on the podium, the last coach's press conference, the Sooners, the last team to meet with the media. What do you think the dumbest question will be asked of Brent Venables tomorrow or a tired, old, worn-out question That's going to be thrown Brent's way tomorrow. If you had to pick one, what do you think it might be?
1: Gosh, I don't know, Steely. The worst question at media day is always one that's so inconceivably bad you don't even know to expect it. Like last year in July, seven months after Brent Venables took the job, I figured we all were past the, so Brent, why the Oklahoma job of all jobs for your first head coaching job? Why would you choose to take this? I figured we were past that point, but then some Texas Tech reporter asked him that question. It was one of four questions we got with Brent that day. So, that the thing about Big 12 media days Steely is I'm not going to say this too loud, but they let just about anybody in here. So, when you got a when you got a bunch of novices on the grounds, pretty much anything can happen. Nothing is off the table.
0: Yeah, and again, um I think that with Brent Venables again, you can't waste a question with Brent. Now, Brent has edited himself to an extent. He's not going on these long soliloquies or these, uh, you know, sometimes you feel like he's preaching a little bit. I like what he has to say. He just needs a more of a condensed version. We need the, we need the Cliffs notes version of Brent Venables. Uh, And, again, I do think he's probably worked on that. I don't know if he's done it consciously or somebody's worked with him. But, you know, as you said, Brent, what do they get, 30 minutes, and you got four questions in with Brent last year. So if you can double that and get to eight, that's a victory right there for Brent. But the guy is so passionate, he just wants to keep talking. I mean – he does. But it'll be uh, very interesting to see what Brent has thrown his way tomorrow. Again, Mike Gundy today at 3 o'clock. Now, we look at this as kind of the unofficial start of the football season. It's not the start because you have to wait, and we're going about a week early this year. But we've kind of always looked at it. All right, you know, we're, we're taking that last exit off the highway and headed to the real thing. But you've got, you know, 50 more miles to the town, which is the uh, the real start of the season. But in terms of Oklahoma, when you look at question marks for Oklahoma heading into this season, and a lot of those we're not talking about maybe quite as much because you look at the schedule and you say, man, if Oklahoma just improves, you know, wins a lot more of those close games they didn't quite win a year ago, they should get to at least nine wins, and it would probably be disappointing to finish that regular season at nine and three. But when we talk about areas that need to be addressed for OU uh, – Defense getting better. A lot of reinforcements on the way. Wide receivers, who will emerge? Offensive line, you lost your uh, two starting left tackles. You lost your two biggest offensive weapons in Eric Gray and Marvin Mims. Uh, game management, game day management with Brent. It wasn't very good last year. He was great as a coordinator. It was a new thing, didn't look too smooth. Dylan Gabriel good quarterback can he be better can he be more accurate Uh, of all of those things i've thrown out what stands out to you and is there anything that you would add to that list man
1: that's a pretty comprehensive list you know i think as far as this go-round is concerned at big 12 media days there here's the thing. Here's here's the softball question that Brent will get lobbed and I don't know if it will be by a member of the local media or a member of some other beat, but Brent will inevitably be asked the question. So coach, how do you rebound from a 6 and 7 season? Which that's there's a million different directions you can go with that question and inevitably that is the question that's been on brent venable's mind ever since the 2022 season concluded is okay how do we bounce back from a 6 and 7 campaign and it really should like it's not that difficult to do and there's not a whole lot of nuance to it as long as you as long as your current guys in the locker room improve year over year you make some solid additions via the transfer portal and it also doesn't help to get an easier than typical schedule thrown your way and that's what Oklahoma has in 2023 so for Brent Venables and this football team like to be honest Steely heading into media days I don't know that there are any burning questions for Venables and this team to answer I feel like people are just kind of eager to get a glimpse behind the scenes at what's gone on throughout the spring and summer to increase Brent Venable's confidence in this program, to increase the odds that this team can get back to their winning ways in 2023. And this is why I mentioned earlier in the week, if there's one question that I'd ask Brent at Media Days, it's what is the primary difference between how you viewed your team last July versus how you view them this July? How different is your program, where they stand right now, compared to where they were a year ago. Because that ought to tell us a lot about what we can expect from Oklahoma this fall.
0: Sooners, again, will not hit the uh, the stage tomorrow and uh, have the breakout sessions with the players either until tomorrow. Obviously, Brent tomorrow at 11.50. Uh, the Sooners are taking Dylan, Dylan Gabriel, Drake Stoops, Jonah LaLulu, uh, and Danny Stutzman. Um, Jonah LaLulu, obviously, made a couple plays late in the year. Uh, apparently has been doing some good things in the weight room, making progress. That would be the one name you would look at and say, well, "That's kind of a surprise that he's headed down to media day." What's going on with him? How much of a, uh, a how big of a step has he taken during the uh, the off season? You think? I mean, I. And if he's showing
1: up at media days that w- it would stand to reason right Steely that he's taken a big step in terms of leadership mm-hmm. and just uh, being a key veteran presence in the locker room and i mentioned this earlier when i was on with plank but i'll reiterate it there's uh, you know there's a ton of faith in Jonah Laulu when he gets tabbed to host the most important official visitor maybe of the entire recruiting cycle in williams Neri So the fact that they tapped Laulu for that honor last month when the Sooners welcomed over 40 official visitors to town, the fact that Noenari was Laulu's guy as opposed to any other member of the program, especially when you got guys like P.J. Atabari and Caden Green that are from the same vicinity and are close with Williams-Noenari, That speaks very highly of how much faith there is in the coaching staff and Jonah Laulu to represent the university well. And we know, of course, that he's being moved inside to defensive tackle. And if there is as much trust in Jonah Laulu on the football field as there seems to be off it, then that's going to go a long way for Oklahoma this fall because they're going to need strong play in the trenches on the interior and they got to replace two starters in Jalen Redmond and Jeffrey Johnson. I feel like most look at Dejon Terry and Isaiah Coe as the likely starters, but it's anybody's game heading into fall camp as to who get the gets the nod at those positions. And if Laulu separates himself from the pack with how athletic he is for his size, he could be in for a big year in his final year of collegiate eligibility.
0: All right, once again, Brett, your mark is uh, addressing the media right now. Mike Gundy will be on the podium uh, right around 3 o'clock today. The Cowboys in Texas, the uh, the highlight schools there today. Oklahoma State, again, taking Colin Oliver. The linebacker, Corey Black. Defensive back, Brendan Presley, the wide receiver. And Preston Wilson, the offensive lineman uh, for Oklahoma tomorrow. Brent, again, will be the last coach's press conference. The Sooners will be the last team to meet the media down at Jerry World tomorrow. 11.50 tomorrow for Brent. We'll see if we can get that to you. Live, carry that over. Sooner players, again, Dylan Gabriel, Drake Stoops, Danny Stutzman, Jonah LaHulu for Oklahoma. Connor Pasby is on uh, the board over there at Mission Control today. He'll handle the Meyer Chevrolet text line for you, 405-651-3439. That's 405 651 Thirty-four, thirty-nine, And by the way, thanks to everybody who donated yesterday. And again, I still have that uh, tweet pinned at the top of my Twitter page. If you want to uh, contribute to Ryan Miner's medical fund, we had the big Sooner Summer uh, Family Festival. Out at the Jimmy yesterday, had a lot of donations rolling in, a lot of attention paid to what's going on with Ryan and his family. We certainly want to help them out. Please do that if you haven't already, if you can. I know the Miner family would appreciate that. Damon Miner did a great job organizing the event, and they had a lot of fun out at the Jimmy yesterday. want to thank Tim Lasher, his company, Lasher Home Comfort Systems, your AC, having some problems right now, about ready to go on the DL. Hopefully not. You need that AC performing if you need a tune-up. Last year, home comfort systems will get it done for you at 405 579 3113. All right, we're underway here on a Wednesday. Let's take a break right here. We'll turn our attention to football recruiting. That's pretty important around here and get the very latest from our man, Parker Thune. Good to have you along here on this Wednesday, here on the home of Sooner fans, the ref. Welcome back, Wednesday edition. Steel Man and Thune here on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. All right, let's turn our attention to recruiting. we got Parker Thune down there at Big 12 Media Days getting underway. The Sooners won't hit the uh, stage until tomorrow. Cowboys in Texas, among others, going today. Mike Gundy at 3 o'clock. Brett Yormark addressing the media right now. You know, the Big 12 is a solid commissioner in Brett mark. The guy is a forward-thinking kind of guy. Worked, obviously, with Jay-Z for all those years. He knows what's what's happening. I think he's done a good job. And the Big 12, I think, will be in good hands with uh, Brett Yormark. I think he's a a good commissioner who's already going to be a forward-thinking guy that will be proactive and not reactive, which was the problem in the league for a long time. All right, uh, Parker Thune, I was listening to the end of the uh, Plank Show, and I heard Josh Helmer say, it looks like things may be turning for Jaden Jackson. Now, again tonight, Casey Poe. Uh, you know, decision. It looks like that's going to be Alabama for the offensive lineman. We were thinking maybe Texas in the lead for Jaden Jackson, the defensive lineman, making his announcement, uh, commitment tomorrow. This from uh, Jerry Hamilton, the administrator at Inside Texas. I may put in the RPM. What's the RPM? Do you know? That is on three's version of a crystal ball. Okay. Uh, I may put in the RPM for Jackson and OU, barring a change. Sounds like they went big. How about that? So the Sooners are they the front runner now for Jaden Jackson tomorrow? <sighs> Man, uh, okay, I'll say this:
1: nobody knows for sure, and it's hard to call OU the front runner. But there has been some positive momentum, really out of nowhere, there within the last twenty-four hours. Like this looked like Texas's battle to lose. Uh, which is why you see Jerry Hamilton on the really out in front of all of it because Jaden Jackson, many considered him to be a Texas lean earlier in the week. I know I did, but there's been some positive buzz from the OU side over the last 24 hours. And leading into that decision tomorrow, it does feel like Oklahoma has, at the very least, positioned themselves better than they were yesterday. For Jaden Jackson, if the upward trend continues with Oklahoma here, I I know for a fact it's not going to be Florida. Got a pretty good sense it's not going to be Miami, and I don't think it's going to be Ohio State either. That leaves Oklahoma and Texas. This is a Red River battle, much like it is for three-star offensive lineman Eugene Brooks out of the state of California. Two OU-Texas battles winding down here, and I'm hesitant to say OU has the upper hand right now, But they definitely have the inside track and the momentum. So this is, quite suddenly here, definitely one worth watching as Wednesday turns into Thursday and we get a decision from Jaden Jackson a little bit more than 24 hours from now.
0: So the Sooners looking a lot better for Jaden Jackson. I do want to talk about Eugene Brooks, the offensive lineman out of California. I know there's some future casts out for Oklahoma for him. You say it's Oklahoma and Texas there. But think about this. All right, they're not going to get Casey Poe tonight. That, again, would be a surprise. Looks like it's Alabama for Casey Poe, correct. That is what it feels like. Yeah. Yes. So let's say Thursday they get Jaden Jackson. July eighteenth, okay. you're getting Zion Raggins. July twenty first, it looks like you're getting the number one running back in the country in Taylor Tatum. Yeah. Uh, July thirty first, you're getting Michael Patterson McDonald. August first, it looks like you're going to get Will Wanery. I mean, you talk about July could actually explode for Oklahoma. And then we weren't even thinking about Jackson yesterday. You throw Jackson into that mix, and again, you you get a, a commitment from Jackson tomorrow. Then you get Raggins, Tatum, Michael Patterson, McDonald, and you get Will Winery to start out August. I mean, you talk about momentum, momentum in all caps right there. You might have a top five class on August 1st. Yeah, Steel. you might.
1: Like, there's a very legitimate chance. You have a top five class on August 1st, and... That is, you're not even factoring in the potential addition of David Stone in that picture. So, if those decisions all go Oklahoma's way, you get Raggins, you get Tatum, you get Michael Patterson-McDonald, and you get williams winnery on August 1st, that's probably a top-five class. Yeah. And then you throw Stone in the mix, potentially, later on down the line. Zena Omosolu, maybe Danny Okoye, a guy like Dominic McKinley in an ideal world. There is top three class potential here for Oklahoma. They're not going to be number one. It looks for all the world like Georgia is going to be number one, which coming off two straight national championships, that's quite understandable. But there's a very viable path for Oklahoma to end up with a top three recruiting class in the 2024 cycle.
0: Connor it Padsby. is all out there in front of them. Connor Padsby just did a backflip in the uh, producer's studio. Did. Very I'm impressive. crazy in here. Very impressive. Uh, from the 405, uh, Connor, why don't you handle the text? Go ahead.
2: Let's see here. We got one from the 402 Nebraska. Says it looked. Shout like, out. It looked like one of Jaden Jackson's parents put out a tweet in Norman saying it felt like home. Well, that that's good. Uh, what else do we have? 405. Does OU went big mean nil? Question mark. So
0: I.
1: I mean that's what I'm it not, sounds like, right? I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it pretty surface level here. But suffice it to say that the purse strings have opened up a little bit in recent weeks for Oklahoma. And so, yes, NIL is involved in the recruitment of Jaden Jackson. Look, as with any blue-chip kid, odds are NIL is going to be a factor these days. It might not be the primary factor, but it's going to be a factor. There is... No exception here with Jaden Jackson. There's going to have to be a competitive NIL pitch in order for you to land his services. Oklahoma has made a competitive NIL pitch. They've presented that to Jaden Jackson. And moreover, they've had Todd Bates running point on this recruitment with a big assist from Jaden Jackson's IMG Academy teammate, one David Stone. So if you're putting the puzzle pieces together... It's starting to seem like Oklahoma could be the viable destination for Jaden Jackson if the current
0: trends hold on until tomorrow. I think you just got your uh, question answered right there, Frisco Sooner. He was saying Parker is still pretty tight with Jaden Jackson. You just got your answer right there. So that could be huge, obviously, for the University of Oklahoma. And, if you know, if they have more NIL money, you need that. I mean, it feels like on some of these big kids, clearly D.J. Hicks, that, you know, that Oklahoma's actually had the best relationship with the kid. But if that kid really wants and you can't blame a man if you're thinking about life altering money, potentially, if you invest it right. You know, I can see why some kids go that way. But uh, I think the Sooners have clearly decided instead of. I don't know if they were ankle deep in the NIL waters a year ago, but they're waist deep at least right now. They're starting to know that you know if you're going to get these high four-star and five-star kids, NIL, at, you know, many times is going to have to be uh, be a factor. Correct? Yeah. Look, you're going to have to
1: be able to pony up some cash if you want to land blue chip recruits these days, and not every kid is going to be as uh, tantalized by the. NIL opportunities available to him at each particular school. There's, it's always a multiplicity of factors. Almost always a multiplicity of factors that come into play. There will be some recruitments that are outright bidding wars, and in general, that's not the type of recruitment that Oklahoma is going to participate in. But they hosted Jaden Jackson on an official visit late in the month of June. There's been some OU love there for a while. There's the relationship with David Stone, the relationship with Todd Bates. Now you throw in an NIL offer that is competitive. And it's all there for Oklahoma in the recruitment of Jaden Jackson. The question is, is there going to be a school that comes along, i.e. Texas or Miami, because they're both in the picture here, and makes Jaden Jackson an offer he can't refuse? Because that's always something you have to be wary of these days, is a school coming in late with an enormous NIL offer, and the kid... Basically having no logical choice, but to say, okay, I'll take the money. Because if there's enough money on the table, we've talked about this, Steely. If there's enough money on the table, it's almost bad business not to take the offer.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're talking about the Don Corleone offer, the offer they can't refuse. But if you're the Sooners, you know that Texas or Miami, they're, if they get wind of this stuff, guess what? They're going to Buddy from Friday Night Lights, another booster, and trying to get some more money, however they can get it. So you may have to even up it. Uh, from here because uh, we'll see. I don't know if OU's at their ceiling right now. Uh, but it sounds like, again, this is what we're talking about in this situation. So, uh, But a good trend on Jaden Jackson going the Sooner's way right now and possibly a commitment coming up tomorrow. We'll have to wait and see. Riverwind Casino, ladies and gentlemen, they don't lose out at Riverwind because they do everything right. They are the best in the business, nearly 3,000 electronic games, the very best assortment of games and your favorite table games, great poker room as well. Very best promotions out there. The new member seven, sign up for a wild card. Won't cost you a dime. And that wild card is going to get you involved and in, uh, possibly hearing your name called. in a lot of these promotional giveaways to win cash or bonus play or other prizes, trips. Riverwind throws everything out there. And right now, you need to be thinking about the 60K double play and double winnings promotion. Uh, get one wild card. Get your name on it. Get your name on it and use it. Because right now through the 29th, you want to get one – entry for every five points on your wild card including five times the entries on Sundays and Mondays in the 60k double play double winnings promotion uh Friday and Saturdays from 7 to 11 30 p.m they'll be awarding two winners every half hour with 400 dollars cash or 400 dollars in bonus play and then just before midnight two grand prize grand prize winners will be selected to receive a thousand dollars in cash or a thousand dollars in bonus play plus any unclaimed cash amounts from the preliminary drawing. So it's a heck of a deal. 60K double play and double winnings promotion out at Riverwind. Make sure you use your Riverwind wild card because it will help you win some cash or bonus play out there at Riverwind. All right, break time. When we come back, let's talk a little more recruiting. We'll get back to the text line, the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet Text Line, 405 651 at 3439. Be right back here on the Home of Sooner fans. Back with you, Mike Steeley, Parker Thune. I am here inside the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios. Connor Pasby over there as well at Mission Control running the show for us today, handling the Knippe Meyer Chevrolet Text Line 405 651 3439. Parker is at uh, Jerry World for Big 12 Media Days. We'll hear from Brett, your mark. Uh, we'll have a little sound for you in the next segment. He did say the big 12 championship game will be played at AT&T stadium through the year 2030. The uh, league will have a new logo launched next year. They're also going to have a halftime show coming to the big 12 championship game. Maybe it'll be up with people like they used to have at the early Super Bowls. who knows early departure for Oklahoma and Texas, according to Brett, Yormark, was a win-win for both and, uh, did not say that he wanted to talk about expansion uh, today. So we'll hear a little bit from Brett Yormark coming up in the next segment. All right, uh, we get a lot of stuff rolling in on the uh, Knipple-Meyer Chevrolet text line. Connor Pasby is the man for that today. So let's fire away.
2: Yeah, guy that promised Air Jordans to Tyler and Parker. Sammy Brown doesn't sign with Clemson or Georgia. Says, is Jackson worth it? Losing McKinley over.
1: Is Jackson worth losing McKinley over? Okay, well, like, that's that's kind of a loaded question because that almost implies that if Oklahoma gets Jaden Jackson, that somehow that diminishes their chance with Dominic McKinley. And Look, Dominic McKinley is a five-star football player. There are certain guys that do not care and could not be convinced to care who else is in the class for them to compete with. I promise you, if Oklahoma lands Jaden Jackson... Dominic McKinley is going to be no less interested in the University of Oklahoma. And in fact, the opportunity to play on a defensive line alongside David Stone and Williams and is probably far more of a draw for Dominic McKinley than the other side of the coin and any negative drawbacks that might result as a byproduct of Oklahoma pursuing targets further down the board at defensive line. We can call it like it is, right? Jaden Jackson is, at best, option number four for Oklahoma on the interior defensive line. He's still a very good player, a consensus blue chip, but the top three guys that Oklahoma wants on the interior are, in no particular order, but actually probably in this order, David Stone, Dominic McKinley, and Joseph Jonah Jonier. Jonah Ijonie went to Georgia. Stone and McKinley are yet uncommitted. You would consider Stone and Oklahoma lean. Probably not quite there with McKinley just yet. But I don't think Jaden Jackson's addition or potential addition is going to significantly impact the recruitment of Dominic McKinley as far as Oklahoma is concerned. There's just no reason to believe that that would be the case.
0: And keep in mind, and uh, 90% of you out there know that, uh, Winnery's an edge guy. So he's talking about interior defensive linemen. Obviously, Parker is there. What else do we have, Connor?
2: Yeah, speaking of speaking of Wynary, Sam and Edmund says, The UGA site says it's them and Mizzou, and it's close. The Mizzou site says it's them and OU. What say you, Parker Big Ballstoon?
0: <laughs> <laughs> really?
1: Look, I it's, Good Lord! <laughs> I have made my stance on the Nunnery recruitment quite clear. Um, I feel as though he ends up at Oklahoma. I feel as though OU is the spot for Williams Nunnery. Now, with Georgia and Missouri, both of them are in play certainly, and he he himself has Well, I guess he hasn't stated, but his head coach has stated that Missouri and Georgia make up the other two schools in the top three for Nuaneri. But I've felt ever since March that the road was going to lead back to Norman, Oklahoma for Nuaneri in the end. And there really hasn't been anything that has transpired that would shake my faith in that. Every other team has kind of come and gone, and it's been a flavor of the month type of deal. Last month it was Tennessee, this month it seems to be Georgia. And I do not buy Missouri for many reasons as a legitimate contender for Nuaneri. Uh, Georgia, I would be more concerned about naturally, but even so, proximity and the NIL package advantage Oklahoma
0: in those capacities. By the way, uh, was it Wyatt Gilmore who said recently? Basically, we're getting everybody to just wait. Was it was it Gilmore? <laughs> No, I think you're thinking of Devon Mitchell. It was Devon Mitchell, yes. And Gilmore had something to say, not not quite that uh, out there, but maybe maybe he's right. We'll see. But like I said, I mean, if you get Jackson, you're going to get Raggins. Really good chance again. Looks like the Sooners are have a pretty decent lead over Southern Cal. Muleshoe for Taylor Tatum. Uh, Michael Patterson McDonald's coming to Oklahoma, and if you can get Waneri, if it's August first again. Uh, set off the fireworks, you know, because that would be unbelievable. And again, we don't know. Uh, I heard you speculate that maybe David Stone has a special announcement, perhaps planned, if uh, a lot of these other dominoes fall Oklahoma's way, as it appears they might.
1: Yeah, and look, just to be clear, that is pure speculation. And that you, is pure speculation. Tell everybody what nothing you're, more.
0: Now you said this but, yesterday on Locked In, and you're you just had a theory again. And explain.
1: Yeah, well, and my theory would be: Look, David Stone has been pro OU for a long, long, long time. He himself has come out and said that he came close to committing to OU on multiple occasions. OU has always been the school that he's demonstrated the most love for on social media, and so. If, indeed, David Stone is as locked in with OU as he has made it appear, then why not, if you're David Stone and you kind of know where you're going to end up and you're just kind of waiting for the right timeline on which to announce it, why not make your announcement on the very same day that, hypothetically speaking, the number one defensive end in the country commits to Oklahoma. What if you got pledges from David Stone and Williams Noineri on the same day? That would be arguably the biggest day in the history of Oklahoma football recruiting, Yeah,
0: Yeah, I I mean, going back, you know, when Marcus Dupree uh, committed with Oklahoma, that would be the biggest day for me. I know there's some other ones of the modern era that are uh, in that same ballpark, but for me, in terms of following Marcus Dupree and and that recruitment, that was gigantic, but – Yeah, you get two five-stars, two of the top ten players in the country on the same day. That would be awesome. And again, purely speculation, but we know that David Stone uh, likes to make a splash. No doubt about it. David Stone is the biggest in-state recruit since who? Gerald McCoy. Gerald McCoy 15 years ago. Yeah, and, and if you, we throw offensive players in there, who else is in the same ballpark? Because there's no doubt David Stone has always been the biggest domino. And there's some – look, Winery's a gigantic domino. But if you've got an in-state kid from Dell City who has, you know, always stated how much he likes the University of Oklahoma, you've got to land that kid. So he has been the biggest domino uh, in this class for a while. And, uh, you know, if that domino falls too – then others, we think you know. We even even we haven't talked about uh, uh, Caden Durham again might come with Taylor Tatum. There's a good chance that happens. Uh, what's going to happen with Grant Bricks down the line? Uh, who is the linebacker of the state of Washington? It's down to Oklahoma and Oregon again. That'd be Braden Platt. And that decision is coming. When do we think?
1: September fourth
2: is the date that he has set.
1: So. Yeah,
0: and I don't think that
1: race is over. In fact, I don't think it's close to over. I think those two schools are going to be battling it out down the stretch. And I I mentioned this yesterday, but if you're Oklahoma, your hope with the Braden Platt recruitment is that you can generate some momentum in the days ahead, be able to pick up pledges from some of your top targets, and then be able to put that in front of Braden Platt and essentially present to him a future at Oklahoma that – includes playing behind guys like David Stone and Williams and Winnery in an elite defensive scheme for an elite defensive mind and being able to play for championships and be developed by the best developer of linebackers in the country in Brent Venables. So I think your pitch to Platt gets stronger if some of these high-profile decisions that are set for the next few weeks go Oklahoma's way.
0: All right, Parker is in Arlington, and uh, there at Big 12 Media Days, we'll hear a little sound from Brett Yoramark. Not a lot, but uh, one interesting comment he had. Uh, we'll have that in the next segment. That'll be our Ortho Central clip of the day, brought to you by Ortho Central with clinics in uh, Norman, Midwest City, and now a new Tri City location serving the good people of Newcastle, Tuttle, and Blanchard, these full service clinics. They're the best treating orthopedic and sports medicine injuries. All right, break time right here. A lot more text to get to. You guys, as usual, doing your part on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. Talking about in-state recruits, you mentioned Gerald McCoy. Todd Bates' nemesis says Dax Hill from the 918. We got a Jermaine Gresham, but David Stone is just, you can't underestimate uh, just how or you know, just illustrate how big <laughs> David Stone is to this recruiting class for the University of Oklahoma. Gigantic. All right, break time. Coming right back. More text, more recruiting talk, more coverage from Big 12 Media Day on the way here on The Ref. Ladies and gentlemen, it is I, the Man of Steel, one of America's favorite regional radio stars, not really, along with Connor Pasby here in the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios and the one and the only Parker Thune, recruiting guru. Media Prodigy down at uh, Jerry World in Arlington for Big 12 Media Days. Let's hear a couple clips from Brett Yormark. I think he's an excellent uh, commissioner for the Big 12. The Big 12 has uh, a really good commissioner going forward. Again, worked with Jay-Z. He's on top of all the latest stuff. He knows what he's doing. So I like uh, the leadership he's provided so far. As I said, part of the problem for the Big 12 for the longest time was they were reactionary and they weren't ahead of the game. You need, be, you need to be ahead of the game, getting out there, making things happen, and not reacting to everybody else. And I think, Brett, your is, um, again, a really good choice and has done a good job so far for the Big 12. Here is one of the things that Brett, your said. This year it's a cool-in-the-gang year for the Big 12. It's a celebration.
2: Texas, and OU withdrawal, which was a win-win for all parties. All right, and
0: here's what Brett Yormark had to say about the uh, last season in the league for Oklahoma and Texas and trying to replace not only those two uh, Blue Blood teams, but that great rivalry.
2: Well, listen, uh, they have great identity. They're national brands, and they're a big part of the history of this conference. But like I said last year, this conference is bigger than any two schools. So we're in a great place. There's never been a better time than right now to be involved with this conference. And I'm excited about our future.
0: There you go. Well, you know, stretching the truth there a little bit, but what do you know what he has to say? All right. Uh, 405-651-3439 on the Knipple-Meyer Chevrolet text line. That was again, our ortho central clip of the day, ortho central longtime clinics in uh, Norman and Midwest city. Now serving Newcastle Tuttle and Blanchard with a new location. These full service clinics are outstanding. What they do is treat those orthopedic and sports medicine injuries better than anybody else. Ortho Central Clip of the Day, two right there from Brett Yormark. All right, it looks like the Sooners, man. I feel like LeBron, when he when he was at that press conference with the Miami Heat, not one, not two, not three, not four, but five. Five could be on the way. Jaden Jackson tomorrow. Zion Raggins, July 18th. Taylor Tatum, July 21st. Mike Patterson-McDonald, July 31st. Williams-Wanary, August 1st. Parker Thune, the chances the Sooners get all five of those kids right now, all five of them, you would put that percentage at what? I mean, look, I think they definitely get four of them. The one that I'm unsure
1: about right now is the one that announces tomorrow in Jaden Jackson. Now, it does seem like there's some OU momentum there. I'm not confident enough that I would sit here and say OU is going to be the landing spot for Jaden Jackson. But uh, at, ask me again on the other side of Jaden Jackson's decision, and I would bet you the odds that I would put on it would be north of 60%, 70%. Because I feel very strongly that Oklahoma is going to get each of the other four guys that you brought up. The one that leaves some lingering doubt is, of course, Jaden Jackson. So if Oklahoma can nab him tomorrow, that makes the path a whole
0: lot easier. Huge. That would be huge. That's like when you're a kid and you thought you've opened every Christmas present and then you look and you're like, wait a minute, there's one more. It's right here. And maybe that could be Jaden Jackson. It looks like kind of in this uh, Jaden Jackson derby for the uh, defensive lineman that Texas had the lead. The Sooners maybe, you know, yesterday we're thinking they're like five links back, and now Oklahoma's making a charge down the stretch. And uh, riding a horse called NIL, right? Well, it's much the same story, (laughs) as I
1: mentioned, off the top of the show with Eugene B.J. Brooks, the four-star offensive lineman out of the state of California, where Texas had the edge for quite a while, and then here comes OU in position to suddenly punk the Longhorns in both of these recruitments. Now, if they can pull it off in one or both cases, it's going to be a good day to be a part of OU Twitter.
0: I can tell you that much. There you go. All right, 405-651-3439. All right, from the 405, uh, yeah, pull up if you would because somebody actually is uh, calling for it on the tax line. The Mule Shoe branded open because somebody uh, just set it up for us. Uh, 712 Mule Shoe branded open and we'll play that because from the 405 it says it's 12:56 p.m. and Mule Shoe is still a well, he's a you-know-what.
2: You know, when I look back on my time at Oklahoma, where I could have done a better job there, I mean, w- without a doubt. I'm not going to be the next head coach at LSU. End of discussion. Next question.
0: Brandon scorned as the one who ran. What do you do when you're Brandon? Thank you for setting that up for us, uh, 405. We appreciate that very much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, so uh, Eugene Brooks is the offensive lineman out of California. High three-star for Eugene Brooks, is that right? I believe he's a four-star on rivals, three-star
1: with other services.
0: And uh, do we know what the announcement date is? Is Is there a date for Eugene Brooks? There is not a date.
1: However, that one's coming to an end pretty soon. I would figure we have a decision there, there by the end of the month at this rate.
0: So if you're looking at the potential of having six of these kids commit to Oklahoma and you get two wins over Texas and one win over USC, that's about as good a stretch as you can get, right? I mean, that you talk about uh, we will play cool in the game if that happens because Sooner fans are going to be ecstatic. Now, again – you never know with these kids. You hear something one day and then the next, you know, something changes. But I would say Oklahoma is trending in a very good direction. And as we've talked about with Oklahoma recruiting, because of Brent's philosophy and the way they go about their business with real commitments, it takes a while. I mean, where did we, we saw Oklahoma, what, about a month ago in like the 50s, weren't they? Yeah, they were down there, I think 51, maybe. Yeah, in that range, in that range. And uh, what would you think the Sooners' ranking would be by August 1st? About 10 seconds.
1: I bet you by August 1st, they're in the top 10.
0: There you go. All right, we want to thank, again, Lasher Home Comfort Systems for sponsoring our first hour, 405. 579-3113. We got another hour to go, folks. Parker down in Arlington at Big Twelve Media Days. Connor Pasby with me here in the Big uh, the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios. Stay with us here on the Ref. We got two men talking right outside my door. Oh yes, we're talking. All right. Yeah, we got
2: two men talking right outside my door.
0: Good to have you along. Hour number two getting underway on this Wednesday. Mike Seeley along with uh, Connor Pasby here in the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios. Parker Thune in Arlington at Jerry World where uh, Big 12 Media Days are underway. And once again, a lot of uh, positive vibes surrounding Sooner Recruiting right now. And if you're just joining us... Marker Thune, why don't you fill everybody in on uh, what those good vibes are all about and what potentially could be a huge next uh, 30 days or so for Oklahoma. Well, actually, it would be about three weeks when this whole thing, this whole class could blow up and uh, just be pretty unbelievable based on where it is now. So explain what's going on with Sooner Recruiting, where the momentum is, and what could be happening soon.
1: Yeah, I'm looking at six decisions that could viably go Oklahoma's way within the next three weeks. That kicks off with Jaden Jackson, the four-star defensive lineman out of IMG Academy, tomorrow night, picking between Oklahoma and Texas. Those are kind of the two primary contenders, Ohio State and Miami, also in the mix. Then, of course, you got Zion Raggins, the four-star wide receiver out of the state of Georgia, going to be announcing his decision on July 18th between OU, Georgia, and Florida State. Then further on down the line... You have Michael Patterson McDonald on July 31st, Williams Nguinari on August 1st, Patterson McDonald, the four star defensive back out of Westmore, Oklahoma, and Nguinari, of course, the number one defensive end in the nation, considered by some services to be the number one overall player in the nation. Uh, And then Taylor Tatum,
0: July 21st.
1: Yes, and then as you start to look at the offensive side of the ball, you have Taylor Tatum on July 21st, and though there is no decision date set, I do think four-star offensive lineman Eugene Brooks out of Chatsworth, California, is going to be announcing here before long that is also an OU-Texas battle. Taylor Tatum, of course, the country's number one running back, the five-star out of Longview, Texas, down to OU and USC. So those six decisions could all very well go in Oklahoma's favor, and then when you throw in the party at the Palace at the end of the month and the potential that exists for commits not just in the 2024 class but in the 2025 class as well, that there's a world in which Oklahoma is approaching double-digit commitments by the end of the month within a three-week span.
0: Okay, text. Steely, I thought Brent wasn't... All in on NIL. Isn't he trying to build a culture? Well, uh, well, here, Parker, you've got to Brent, – Brent never said, we're not doing any NIL. And I know exactly. he was, wasn't even a big – not that he's doing backflips over having to deal with getting kids in the portal. Um, but you have to play the game. You can't get lapped a couple times before you go into the SEC. And facilities-wise, the Sooners might be a lot behind some of the blue bloods. You know, they're nil-wise. Um, I think this staff, the way they conduct their business, the way they're trying to build their locker room. Um, you know, it's not just throwing money at everybody. But if you have to play the game, and you know, an extra hundred thousand dollars might get you Jaden Jackson over Texas, right? or whatever, I don't know what the amount is. I have no idea. But if you build it completely on NIL and just unlimited resources, then, yeah, I think you could have a problem there. But I don't know. Am I being hypocritical here? Uh, Because we've talked about other teams, you know, if you're A&M and you're doing that, you can't establish a culture. Can Oklahoma, if they're playing the NIL game uh, at a higher level now, can they continue to preach about culture and build one based on how they're kind of looking at NIL right now? You
1: have to play the NIL game right now. If you're in, if you're at a place like Oklahoma and you're going to be battling for elite recruits, you have to be able to play the NIL game. Now, there's a difference between being competitive in the NIL arena and engaging in bidding wars for certain players. We've said it many a time on this program and elsewhere, Steely, when it comes to outright bidding wars, players that have to be bought those typically aren't the types of players that Oklahoma's going to engage with. But when you're dealing with guys like David Stone and Williams and the number one defensive tackle and number one defensive end, respectively, in the nation, those are guys that you're going to have to shell some money out to. Now, it might not be the highest amount, because both those guys have a preference for Oklahoma anyway, but it's not as if they're going to be offered seven figures elsewhere, and you at the University of Oklahoma are going to be able to get them there for $0 based solely off of relationships. There's going to have to be a competitive financial package on the table for guys like that, players of that caliber, and there will be. Yes, Brent Venables never promised that Oklahoma wasn't going to play the NIL game, But what he has intoned and outright stated on multiple occasions is that Oklahoma's not going to buy a recruiting class. That's not the way that they're going to engage.
0: Right. All right, Meyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. Ohio Sooner, I think, says it very well. Connor?
2: Yeah, he says Brent is also extremely adaptable. He's changing some of his tactics, but his core philosophies remain the same.
0: I think he's. I think he's uh, said it pretty well there, Parker. What do you think? Exactly,
1: like Venables. Much, much like the way that business was run at Clemson under Dabo Swinney. Look, Clemson was involved in NIL. Clemson wasn't recruiting players with zero dollars, but Clemson wasn't getting involved with a player like. Oh, I mean, who? What's a prom? Okay, a kid like Nico Iamaliava a year ago, where it was very evident to everybody that the only reason he picked Tennessee was because of the ridiculous NIL offer that was put forth. And those details later became public or were at the very least reported. And it was somewhere in the neighborhood of $7 million. Obviously, if you're a quarterback and you can play in the sec at a $7 million price point, you're going to do that. That's just good business, right? To go to a school like Tennessee, compete at the highest level and make a crap ton of money along the way. So Brent's core philosophies have remained the same. What Ohio Sooner is saying has some merit to it, and they're not conducting themselves any differently than they did at Clemson, where they would play the NIL game, they just wouldn't buy players. And there's a very stark difference between the two.
0: All right. uh, Yeah, and look... You can't afford not to be at least competitive. You can't. I mean, the Sooners, again, you're going into a much tougher league. You're going into a conference where the fan bases are even more, much more rabid than what you've been facing in the Big 12. And, again, you've just got to upgrade in every area. If you're not playing a game, it'd be like me going out and playing golf. Well, I'm a bad example because I'm such an average player and I can't hit my driver for, you know, what now. But let's say you're going out and you're playing with your buddies and your buddies all have a golf ball that's, you know, uh that goes 100 yards past yours, you think, well, you know what, you guys, that's low, down, and dirty. You're cheating or whatever. You shouldn't be doing that. But they're kicking your butt left and right because they're hitting a wedge into the grain and you're hitting a five iron because, you know, they're playing the game. You're not playing the game. Um, probably a horrible analogy there. My analogies usually are. But you know what I'm saying? You've got to, if you want to keep up, I don't think Brent Venables, I don't think Jokic, I don't think they like this NIL war stuff. But if you are going to ignore it and not be competitive, guess what? You could be looking a couple years down the line, going, "Man, I guess we should have played this NIL thing." You know, a little more attention, been a little more serious about it. But and the Sooners certainly are right now, and maybe this is going to be the difference in Jaden Jackson coming to Oklahoma. If you kind of believe what uh, some people are saying close to that situation right now um 405-651-3439 how did the uh, again as we said brent never said you know what we're not we're not playing we're not spending any money nil money um that was never uttered but talked about wanting to build a culture that was not transactional but was relational you know more than anything else so how did things change for oklahoma nil wise Better structure, uh, more committed to it. Seeing what was going on out there, and maybe you know losing out on a DJ Hicks a year ago. What do you think changed uh, for OU in terms of uh, you know maybe wading deeper into the NIL waters, Parker?
1: Well, I think it was more so just an an epiphany, as it were, a, a collective opening of the eyes to the realization that as we have talked about Steely. This is as pivotal a recruiting cycle as Oklahoma has ever faced because this is, on a greater scale, the most pivotal a year that Oklahoma football has ever faced. Coming off a 6-7 and campaign that was the program's first losing season in 24 years and on the precipice of making the jump to SEC competition, they need to recruit at a very high level, especially in the defensive trenches, and they need to win football games this fall. Those are two musts. For this Oklahoma program, as you look from 2023 on to 2024. And so, with that realization in mind, I feel as though the powers that be came to a certain point at which they acknowledged okay, we have to step up our spending capacity if we want to be able to feel confident, truly confident in the ability to land guys like David Stone and Williams and Winery because those are recruitments that we absolutely have to win because when we set foot in the SEC for the first time and we're making road trips to Alabama and to Tennessee and to Florida and to Georgia and to LSU – In order to go toe-to-toe with those programs, we need to have elite play up front. So especially with the defensive line, the importance of NIL is really underscored in this recruiting cycle because it is an area of weakness for Oklahoma right now, and if it's an area of weakness in the Big 12, believe me, and I don't have to tell anybody this, that weakness is going to be exacerbated when you're playing SEC competition.
0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, right now I am looking at the Kadipemeyer Chevrolet text line and it is clear as a bell. I can see clearly now because of one man and his operation known as the Advanced Laser and Cataract Center, the one and only the doctor, Dr. Bellardo. His team, they've been the leaders in vision correction now in the Oklahoma City area for, oh, just over 20 years. If you want to eliminate your reading glasses and see clearly, I am talking about it is real and it is spectacular. You're, maybe you maybe have a problem. You're farsighted or nearsighted. They can get you taken care of at the Advanced Laser and Cataract Center. Give Dr. B and his team a call. They are the experts in the field. 405-755-7700 for your free consultation from Dr. Billardo and his team. Or you can go online to ALCOK.com. As they always say there. If you want to see far and you want to see near, you have to come here to the Advanced Laser and Cataract Center, 405-755-7700, or online at ALCOK.com. Dr. B and his team, they are the best. Break time right here. A lot of good questions rolling in, some good comments on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet tax line. We're heading back there when we get back here on The Ref. All right. 405 tomorrow. 405-651 3439 is the Kadippalmeyer Chevrolet Text Line. We got a lot of good stuff rolling in. Uh, Brett, your mark did say this moments ago, which was uh, interesting. When he was asked about OU and Texas carrying the conference conference in recruiting. Your mark said, "Quote: I don't think they've carried the conference in recruiting. They haven't been in our championship game the past few years. Hmm. Well, they haven't. Uh,
1: so, I, 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 I'm I'm struggling to see the correlation there between recruiting and not playing in the conference championship game."
0: Well I guess am I missing something? I guess stealing? he's trying to say, well, if they've been the best in recruiting, they should be in the championship game, right? They have been in the championship game. But I don't know. Interesting question. Are we just
1: gonna conveniently ignore the fact that Oklahoma won what was it? Five yeah. straight? Six mm-hmm. straight? Six straight Big Twelve championship games between Well, not games necessarily, but six straight Big 12 championships, the last last four of them being championship games between 2015 and 2020. Now, Texas is a different case study, but I don't think there's any question that in terms of recruiting, now development is a different conversation, but in terms of recruiting, Mm -hmm. in terms of how each of the programs in the conference have recruited the last several years, it's been OU and Texas in a league of their own. Those have been the Big 12's two constants in the national top 10 of the recruiting rankings. So I I struggle to see why Brett Yormark's answer there has relevance. Now, I, I also don't know, like, it, what, is, what is the true significance of carrying the conference in recruiting? I'm not necessarily sure. But it, it really doesn't have any correlation to who plays in the championship game. Now, if you were talking about Oklahoma and Texas carrying the conference in development of elite recruits, then obviously you can point to Texas's lack of success in that regard over the last 10 years and Oklahoma's lack of success in that regard uh, over the latter half of Lincoln Riley's tenure in particular. And you can say, okay, there's some merit there. But, yeah, I'm not really sure how the dots connect on that one.
0: All right, uh, by the way, I uh, I don't follow tennis as much as I used to back in the days of McEnroe Borg and Sampras and Agassi. I was all over Wimbledon. I'm watching Wimbledon now. I didn't know there was uh, the seven-seed is Andre Rublev because that is also one of my favorite movies of all time, the movie Andre Rublev by the Russian master Andre Tarkovsky, which is one of the classics of worldwide cinema. And now we've got Andre Rublev out there playing at Wimbledon, too. How about that? Against... Uh, Novak Djokovic. Okay, sorry. Squirrel. 405-651-3439. We got some good stuff on the text line. Connor, take over.
2: Yeah, let's see. Uh, Todd Bates' nemesis says they literally won it two seasons ago for their sixth straight title. He also says OU equals 14 titles. Next best is three titles.
0: The Sooners have bullied the Big 12. They have bullied the Big 12 over the
2: years, there's no doubt. K-Dub and the 918, ask your mark why Georgia won back-to-back national titles. I guess they just got lucky. Has nothing to do with recruiting. Come on, my guy.
0: All right. uh, Yeah, I I think, again – what else is he going to say? Well, you know, yeah, we're going to our recruiting's going to, you know. Well, and yeah. here's here's what's
1: important to remember about Brett Yormark. Brett Yormark's job as commissioner, especially in the public eye, especially when he's on the podium here today, is to carry the water for the Big Twelve, right? And giving Oklahoma and Texas their flowers doesn't necessarily accomplish that because Oklahoma and Texas are leaving the conference as of next July first. So Brett Yormark's job, and I would guess his main objective. is, is to tout the merits of the other 12 teams that are in his conference, much more so than Oklahoma and Texas. So just have that understanding. It's not any reason to dislike Brett Yormark or feel like Oklahoma and Texas are getting shafted by the Big 12 from a publicity standpoint. It's just the Big 12 commissioner doing his job for his conference in the long term as well as the short.
0: All right, let's get back to the Meyer Chevrolet text line. Connor?
2: Yeah, someone says draft picks versus rest of the Big 12 proves OU and Texas have recruited far better than everybody else. Also, someone keeps asking, can you all tell us about the new Sooner QB offer? Who is Trevor Jackson?
1: Ooh, yes. I figured we would get to this during Locked In, but if we want to hit this a little bit sooner, let's talk about Trevor Jackson, the three-star quarterback out of Winter Garden, Florida, plays at Orlando Jones High School. He was the breakout star of the Elite 11 last month and a guy that picked up some additional collegiate interest in the aftermath of his performance at that Elite 11. If you look at his offer sheet, top to bottom, Oklahoma is the most prestigious school in the market for Jaden Jackson's services. Or not Jaden. I don't know why I said Jaden. I I know why I said Jaden Jackson. We'll get to it in a second. But Trevor Jackson, there you go. Uh, I conflated... Trevor Jackson's name and Jaden Gibson's name and turned it into Jaden Jackson. That's what happened because part of the reason that on paper OU and Trevor Jackson look like they're going to be a thing in the days ahead is because as a sophomore, Trevor Jackson was high school teammates with former West Orange High School star and current Oklahoma wide receiver, Jaden Gibson. So there is familiarity there. There is a relationship there. When Oklahoma reached out to Trevor Jackson for the first time last week in the aftermath of Samaj Jones' commitment to Cincinnati, uh, that's one of the things that instantly captured Trevor Jackson's attention is, oh, wait, I got a teammate there. My teammate speaks highly of Oklahoma. This is worth taking a look at. So, again, you look at the offer sheet. Oklahoma is the most prestigious offer on the sheet for Trevor Jackson. The hard part of the sell for Oklahoma is going to be convincing Trevor Jackson that there is a lane for him to see the field at Oklahoma. And that's the exact same issue that they ran into with Samaj Jones at the end of the day is you sandwich a kid in between Jackson Arnold and Kevin Sperry, and you, you got to convince him to come in alongside Michael Hawkins. Admittedly, any way you slice it, it's a tough thing to
0: accomplish. No doubt, yeah, it's a tough sales pitch right there. That is, uh, that's like the uh, the uh, sales team at Glengarry, Glenn Ross, when they didn't have the Glengarry leads, they just had land that they couldn't sell. Even I don't care how much Alec Baldwin screamed at them, they weren't going to sell that swamp land, you know. And that's kind of what the Sooners are facing with that quarterback room, because again, Jackson Arnold looks like again, we'll have to wait and see, but I think he's got superstar. Written all over him. Michael Hawkins is a great athlete. He's gotten better throwing the football. Has a chance to be really good. And you think, in the end, Kevin Sperry might be the best of the three, possibly?
1: I mean, it's just it's hard to project right now because all three are outstanding in their own right, and it's going to depend, depend on how they develop both physically and cognitively. But, yes, for where Kevin Sperry's at, I've I've said it time and again, he is more advanced as a passer And in terms of his overall ability to play the quarterback position, he is more advanced than Jackson Arnold was at that age. So as long as Kevin Sperry doesn't flatline at a certain point, as long as he keeps progressing the way that he has to this point in just three years of playing the quarterback position, I I would be willing to bet that in the long run, he has the most successful career out of any of the three.
0: All right, we've got a few uh, more minutes to get a couple in. Uh, Connor, 405-651-3439 on our Meyer Chevrolet text line.
2: Yeah, this is back to your mark. Sooner Gundy, his job is to make the league look good without OU in Texas, even if he looks like an idiot doing it.
0: Uh, the uh, hammer just hit the nail on the head. Yes, yes. So, yes, that's what – you know, I know people are, some people look at that like, what's he talking about? Yeah, he's – He's selling the Big 12, and you can't say, yeah, you know what? Yeah, we just lost two blue bloods, and our recruiting is going to go
2: to, you know. You can't do that, obviously. Is McDonald going to light the fuse for the other two bombs? The Westmore kid.
1: Uh, I'm imagining that in that texter's mind, the other two bombs are David Stone and Caden Durham, given that they are childhood friends of Michael Patterson-McDonald. And look, if and when Patterson-McDonald commits to Oklahoma on July 31st, uh, I, I, well, I guess here's how I look at it. Yes, there's a connection there. There's obviously a relationship there. We've talked about it quite a bit. But I already feel great about where Oklahoma stands for David Stone and Caden Durham. I don't really see Michael patterson mcdonalds commitment as reason to believe all the more that... Durham and Stone are going to end up Sooners, I already think they're going to end up Sooners. And it's it's been pretty obvious for quite a while that Patterson-McDonald's going to be a member of Oklahoma's class. I mean, you look at his top four, his final four, it's not that hard to figure which school stands out above the rest. When you, I think it's UNLV, Missouri, and Houston are the other three. So you're looking at Michael Patterson-McDonald's final four. It's like, okay, yeah, obviously – very obviously, Oklahoma is the pick there. And if Stone and Durham end up following suit, I guess you could look at it as Michael Patterson-McDonald kind of being the one that lit the fuse. But if you're going to do that, you also got to trace it back to Xavier Robinson's commitment uh, at the end of the month of June because he's friends with those three
0: as well. And so in all technicality, he was the one that was first through the wall. Yep, good point. All right, break time. Good to have you with us. Mike Steely, Connor Pasby here in the uh, Buffalo Wild Wing Studios on a Wednesday. Parker at Jerry World. Big 12 media days are underway. Mike Gundy will be at the podium coming up here in about 90 minutes. Uh, and the Cowboys will meet with the media today. The Sooners will meet with the uh, media Tomorrow uh, for the Cowboys, again, Mike Gundy at 3 o'clock. Players, uh, Corey Black, Brennan Presley, Preston Wilson, and Colin Oliver. The Sooners tomorrow, Brent will be the last coaches, the last coaches presser, and the Sooners will be the last team to meet with the media tomorrow at 1150. Brents presser. We'll try and carry that live for you. Sooner players, of course, Dylan Gabriel, Drake Stoops, Jonah Laulu, and Danny Stutzman. Break time. Coming right back. A lot of tech still rolling in. We'll get to those and a lot more right here on the Home of Sooner Fans, The Rep. Mike Seely, along with Connor Pasby here in uh, the Buffalo Wild Wing Studios at The Rep. We've got the one and only Parker Thune covering Big 12 Media Days in Arlington at Jerry World. Mike Gundy on the podium here in about 90 minutes. Brent and the Sooners will meet with the media tomorrow. Brent's presser tomorrow at eleven fifty. He'll be on the podium. We'll have that covered for you right here on the ref. All right. Uh the Longhorns of Texas. They are the preseason pick to win the league. Of course, K-State was second, Oklahoma third, Texas Tech fourth, TCU number five. But this is the year that a lot of people think the Longhorns could get it done. Let's talk Texas. <music> Longhorn Nation, we're back! Yeah, we have heard that forever. Sam Ellinger thoughts that night. They beat Georgia in the Sugar Bowl. They were back, but guess what? They weren't back. Steve Sarkeesian, uh, again, last year. Decent year, but again, still underachieved. Uh... Losing season, in his first season, but now people say, "Well, Sark's got his players in now; his culture's established. Uh, Texas should be able to win the league this year." Here's what Steve Sarkeesian said recently. He did say he thinks this team has a chance to be special.
3: I really feel like our team's on a mission. Like we, we've 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 been building for this um, to 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 win a Big Twelve championship. I felt like. You know, that they will all tell you that that we missed an opportunity a year ago to not play for the Big 12 championship game because of our own undoing. You know, we yeah. made we made some mistakes in a couple of games that cost us an opportunity to be in that game. Uh, and these guys have been on a mission all fall or all winter, all spring. Uh, and what was interesting, we were in a team meeting and I was referencing that, hey, just so you guys are aware they're going to release the SEC schedule tonight. These guys wanted to put out our 2023 schedule. I mean, we've got great leadership on this team. We've got guys that, you know, really the full allotment of our team now are players that I inherited that have now been with us for three years and have completely bought into who we are and what we're doing or their kids that we recruited that believed in what we were doing, and that's why they came here. So we, we really have a locker room full of guys that are believing in in in, in what we believe and are putting forth uh, the necessary effort and means to to, to to try to be a champion. And that's, that's why they came here, and, and hopefully we're giving them the platform and the tools to go do that.
0: All right, Parker Thune, are you a believer in the Longhorns this season?
1: Survey says...
0: No.
1: Do you, like, do I, do I have to go into detail on that, Steely? Or can we all like come to the acknowledgement and the agreement that until Texas actually pops off and wins double-digit regular season games again, I'm not going to... And we're not going to believe that it's coming this time around.
0: It, you know what it is? It's like an old Rush song. Show me, don't tell me. With Texas. There you go. And uh, I've got to see it to believe it. Uh, by the way, where do you think... Texas and Oklahoma are in terms of their readiness for the SEC is Texas ahead of Oklahoma uh, because Sark is in his going into his third season now or um, how do you evaluate where they are um, is one program ahead of the other I mean you can look at last year in Oklahoma was six and seven some people say oh yeah Texas ahead of Oklahoma heading into the big 12 or the SEC what do you think
1: I think Oklahoma's more SEC-ready than Texas, and I i don't think that's a hot take. Honestly, I think the antithesis is a hot take. I mean, make me an argument that Texas is more SEC-ready than Oklahoma right now, and I'd love to hear the rationale as to why, because everything about those two programs, how their position, how their staffs are composed, what their rosters look like, everything suggests that Oklahoma is more prepared for the SEC and that transition than Texas is. I would love to hear an argument to the contrary because I'm not sure how a logical one could be made, if I'm being honest.
0: Ohio Sooner, I'll go ahead and read this one because it stood out to me. Ohio Sooner said, is 30 incompletions in a game considered a few mistakes? Was that the Oklahoma State game for uh, the mighty Quinn? I believe it was, right? There was a few games like yeah, that. yeah. All right, uh, why don't you take us to the uh, Meyer Chevrolet text line. we got a lot of good stuff rolling in. Here's Connor Pasby, your text line host. <laughs>
2: yeah, another text from recruiting. Just for fun, let's assume that Jackson and Stone commit to OU. What other IMG Academy players could OU pursue?
1: Uh, I mean, that's probably it in the 2024 class. I think – the question then becomes, with that pipeline opened, what can you do in the 2025 cycle? Um, I, I really don't get the sense, even late. I mean, maybe there's a world in which you miss on a few top targets. You're making more late offers. You look at IMG in the 2024 class and some guys that might still be uncommitted or committed to less prestigious institutions. And you're saying, OK, we got Stone. We got Jackson. Come play with these two guys. But I think the ramifications for OU are going to be more conspicuous in that regard come the 2025 cycle than the 2024 cycle. And I also think the SEC move is going to help
0: with that. All right, you want to do uh, one more? Yeah, yeah I'll let's do let's one more. Big Rich.
2: Yeah, Big Rich and OKC, what are some of the reports of guys standing out in summer workouts?
1: I Look... I know everybody wants to know who's standing out in summer workouts. The thing is, they're just – they're summer workouts. And what happens in summer workouts oftentimes – like, there's an equally likely chance that what happens in summer workouts – offers some type of signal flare as to which player is going to have a breakout performance, or it can also be the complete opposite end of the spectrum, where a guy looks really, really sharp in summer workouts and then does nothing once the season rolls around in September. So I don't put a ton of stock into what happens over the summer. That said, a couple of the guys that I have heard good returns on are Jaquais Petaway at the wide receiver position, Nick Anderson at receiver as well, and I, look, I... It's no secret that I am the president of the Nick Anderson fan club. I think he's due for a big year as long as he can stay healthy. Uh, Caleb Hicks is another guy that has opened some eyes. And how about a latecomer, another latecomer as a freshman that has really come on strong? Taylor Heim at linebacker. Now, as to whether those guys contribute right off the bat, other than Petaway, I would lean towards probably not. Again, I think Anderson being the only one of the four that I mentioned that isn't a sophomore is in line for a pretty significant role in the offense, assuming he is healthy. But Petaway and Anderson, those are really the two guys that, from what I've heard, uh, coming out of summer workouts have really, really opened eyes. Those are the guys that I tend to believe what they've done in the summer will carry over into the fall. I will also say the love for Peyton Bowen is real,
0: and it is not unjustified. There you go. And from my uh, personal uh, text collection here on my phone, Steely, any chance we can get an extra Beats and Bites show out at Riverwind in September? Who would you rather have, Ted Roof and the three man fronts or Benny Wiley and the kettlebells? Definitely Ted Roof and the three-man fronts, no doubt about it. Does anybody want to see Benny Wiley and the Kettlebells? I mean, they play wimpy pop music, just brutal. Ted Roof and the three-man fronts, very, very progressive, smooth jazz. There is no doubt about it. So I would, I would go. By the way, I want to tell you, there is a chance, I'm just saying, there might be another Fall Beats and Bites show. Keep that in the back of your mind. Uh, not guaranteeing it, but there, there's a chance. There's a chance. All right, break time, 405-651-3439. Well, let me tell you about Riverwind while we have just a minute before we break, because speaking of shows, we have new shows that were announced uh, on Monday by our man Colin and the folks over at Riverwind. And uh, these are all shows that are going to be happening at the Showplace Theater in addition to what we've told you about is going on at the uh, Showplace Theater where we've told you about the great bands that uh, Earth, Wind & Fire reopened, the Showplace Theater, June 23rd. We have uh, Collective Soul, July 21st, Josh Turner, July 28th. Some tickets available there. Sold-out shows for Gabriel Iglesias, July 29th. Dwight Yoakam sold out, August 19th. Some tickets available for the Counting Crows, August 25th. You have REO Speedwagon in Chicago with sold-out shows at the Showplace, September 8th, September 15th. New shows, of course... uh, Also coming this fall, Foreigner Rodney Carrington, Aaron Aaron Lewis. And they just announced, again on Monday, new shows. Tickets available at Riverwind.com. Coming to the Showplace Theater, Joe Nichols and Tyler Farr. That's going to be September 22nd. Flatland Cavalry. uh, That will be a show November 10th, again, at the Showplace Theater. Lee Bryce will be at the Showplace Theater, December 15th. And Boys to Men. Boys to Men january 12th so uh, you could kick off uh, 2024 with the boys to men show at the showplace theater again tickets are available online at riverwind.com and don't forget we do have one more beats and bite show coming up with gary allen august 26th outdoors at riverwind with all the great food trucks they had a fantastic show with mark chestnut shannon doan tracy bird last saturday night incredible fireworks display uh if you haven't been out to a Beats and bite show, you're missing out. It's one of the best barg- bargains in the entertainment business, too. Tickets are only 10 bucks. Kids under 12 get in free. So it's a great experience. Gary Allen again coming August 26. So all those tickets available online at riverwind.com. Or if you're headed out to the casino, stop by the Showplace Theater box office and pick up your tickets there. Break time, one more segment coming up. A lot of texts and a lot of Sooner football talk. That's kind of how we roll around here. Coming right back here on The Ref. All right, one more segment. Mike Gundy uh, will meet with the media down in Arlington here in just over two hours. And the Cowboys today, Texas, will follow Steve Sarkeesian's meeting with the media. On the podium will happen right after Mike Gundy. So we get the Cowboys in Texas still to come. Later down in Arlington, Sooners tomorrow at 11.50 with Brents Presser and uh, Sooner players there, Dylan Gabriel, Danny Stutzman, Drake Stoops, Jonah Laulu down there for Oklahoma. From the Twitter, Twitter sphere, the Bird app, Steely of the Transfer Portal DNs, who do you think will have more sacks, Rondell, Bothroyd, or Trace Ford? Um, I would go with... Bothroyd only because Trace Ford has had so many issues staying healthy. Now again, if you're a Sooner fan and you get a healthy Trace Ford, you got a pretty elite guy after who can get after the quarterback. I think they're both excellent additions in the portal. If they're both healthy, I would take Trace Ford myself, and I think Bothroyd a, is a good player. Uh, Trace Ford, by the way, we can pull up the clip. Uh, this is what Trace Ford had to say the other day about his uh, goals that are pretty big for the 2023 season.
3: My goals for the season are: uh, I want to, I want to, I want to prove that I can get more sacks than what I've done in my career. I want to, I want to win. I want to win a national title, and I think this is the year we can do it. And uh, I just want to play and just overcome everything that I've been through, and overcome all the failure that I've put on myself, and just play to my best ability. I just want to show people what I got to do. Uh, I don't have any specific goal except winning a national title.
0: There you go, Trace Ford. Uh, what do you think? realistically for trace Ford, if he stays healthy parker thune uh can he be an elite pass rusher for oklahoma if he stays healthy i think he can but
1: the more i think about it steely the more i consider oklahoma's depth at edge the more i'm of the opinion that nobody touches double digit sacks in 2023 for oklahoma and that's not because there's not any talent. In fact, it's quite the opposite in my estimation. Spread the I think wealth there's around there's so a little much bit, talent, maybe. so much depth, that you're going to see a lot of rotation at those two edge spots because you're going to have six, seven capable contributors. That it, It's an easy way to keep everybody fresh. It's an easy way to keep your best situational guys uh, confined to the downs in which they're going to be most successful. Obviously, uh, if you're trying to stop the run on first down – well, you'll turn to a guy like Ethan Downs or a guy like Rondell Bothroyd who can set the edge and run support. And I know some people will instantly say, well, Ethan Downs can't do that. Well, he's, he's better than most of the other options that Oklahoma has in that regard. Rondell Bothroyd is excellent in that capacity. And then when it comes to third down and you need some instant fire off the edge, you can turn to your speed rushers in R. Mason Thomas and P.J. Atabare and just let them loose. And so I, I think that lends itself to a box score in which, or a statistics chart rather, if you want to expand it, in which Oklahoma really doesn't have any one individual that runs away from the rest in terms of the sack tally. But I think you will see five or six guys with five or six sacks.
0: Yeah, does it still seem like we don't talk about R. Mason Thomas enough? At sometimes,
1: I, 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 know I that think we do. talk
0: about. It. I think we talk about him enough. I think on a broader
1: scale, the folks that cover Oklahoma football probably don't talk about him enough because, make no mistake about it, that is, it in the short term in twenty twenty three, that is the highest ceiling edge rusher that Oklahoma has on the roster. Now, long-term, it's probably P.J. Adabari, but in 2023, in terms of the likelihood and the plausibility of somebody getting double-digit sacks on this roster, the the most likely candidate is our Mason Thomas.
0: Yeah, I, I like Trace Ford a lot, too. I think he's good in the locker room. I know Cowboy fans. He's their mule shoe right now. But, um, again, if, if Trace Ford's healthy, he's going to be a factor, no doubt, for the Sooners. Okay, uh, you want to get just a couple in before we get out of here? we got a couple minutes before we do that, uh, Connor.
2: Yeah, just when you mentioned R. Mason Thomas, someone said he will lead the team in sacks this year.
0: And I, w- I would
1: bet on that. If you asked me who I would put money on to lead Oklahoma in sacks in 2023, my money is going on R. Mason Thomas.
2: And while you just said that, angry Ronnie says, I think we will see double digit sacks. Wow. <laughs> but from That'd uh, be nice. It would be nice, yeah.
1: Listen, if you get double digit sacks from from our Mason Thomas, I don't think anybody's complaining. I just think with how much rotation in my belief that you will have on the edge for OU, nobody probably gets enough action to be able to tally double digit sacks. But our Mason Thomas has as good of a chance as anybody in that in that room and on that roster.
0: All right, and I think that uh, will close it out for us today. we got to get out of here. I appreciate all of the uh, love and the good stuff we had on the Myers Chevrolet text line today. Shouldn't be surprised at all. Should not be surprised at all. But, uh, man, the season can't get here soon enough, right? Kind of feels like we've turned the corner and at least uh, we can – you know, the uh, the mileage sign says like, you know, season 75 miles or something like that. Uh, and it'll feel even closer when we get Brent on the podium tomorrow there in Arlington. So great stuff on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line again today. Uh, we're going to get locked in with uh, Parker and Tyler McComas coming up. And again, want to thank uh, some other great sponsors Tim Lasher and Lasher Home Comfort System, sponsoring our first hour. The one and only Dr. Bellardo and the Advanced Laser and Cataract Center, of course, as well. And of course, our friends over at the one and only, simply the best, Riverwind Casino. Uh, Justin and the folks over there, they're unbelievable and uh, cannot thank Riverwind enough for what they do. Okay, so tomorrow we'll see I think we can carry Brent live it's a big 12 production it's not a it's not an OU production so we might be on who knows 1230 or so depending on how long Brent goes with the media we'll just be here and you'll find out and you can always get us on the app that's what I would recommend more than anything else is the KREF app in the app store everybody have a great Wednesday we'll see you.